Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. Wow. So, first night of a President Joe Biden. Am I allowed to play the Harry Lake song? Probably not. Well, maybe sometime in the future, just not tonight. The inauguration was today. I had a chance to watch it, but I kept it on mute up until the speeches. I couldn't really... I couldn't find myself interested enough to listen to the celebrities in the songs. And even CBS at the top of the hour there played a little Bruce Springsteen. And I thought, this is so boring. I'm not going to. Why would I be watching Bruce Springsteen perform tonight? It just looks so boring. Earlier today, it was a very historic day. I was able to catch some of it on the TV while holding my four-month-old baby girl. And I guess she, in a way she was watching too and watching the moments where Joe Biden was sworn in as president of the United States. It was a nice moment. And I got to say the speech itself wasn't bad at all. I, I watched it and I thought, okay, this is not a bad speech. And I know that there's some criticism for Chris Wallace and the way he was fawning over it. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Now I, I definitely have my criticisms of what happens immediately after, or even the, even the thought of him trying to make it sound like he's the first person ever to ask for unity and somehow he'll be successful in doing so when he wasn't calling for it in the past. It's amazing how when you stand up on a stage and call for unity, but when it's someone else that calls for it and you call them hateful for four years and uh, you, you call them racist for four years and blah, 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 you call all of these things all of these uh, words and names that you throw at the last person who tried to do this. And then when you go up, you say, oh, no, it'll be different because now I'm the one calling for it. I, I roll my eyes and think, you got to be kidding. You are really, it's, it's a shallow type of sediment that you're throwing out there. 
But nonetheless, even the speech by itself was a good speech. I thought that whoever wrote the speech, put it together, got the right idea, the right tone for a moment like this. Uh, Joe Biden has been handling himself very meek or feeble. Uh, maybe that's a better word, but he's been handling himself very low key, soft spoken. He's trying to mellow things down. And earlier today, that was no exception. He was able to give a speech in that sense. Uh, I think a lot of people were wondering how that would work. But overall, here's him getting sworn in. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. Will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. There was, uh, on top of a very thick Bible, he was able to uh, swear in. And same thing with Kamala Harris earlier in the day. I didn't watch, um, like I said, the performers, but I did watch the swearing in. I watched the speech afterwards where President Biden spoke about, you know, we need to listen to each other. And so today, at this time, in this place, let's start afresh, all of us. Let's begin to listen to one another again, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. Politics doesn't have to be a raging fire, destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. And we must reject the culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured. Okay. And then use that as a moment to try to call for the Aerosmith moment of coming together. History, faith, and reason show the way, the way of unity. We can see each other. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting, and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. No progress, only exhausting outrage. No nation, only a state of chaos. And you go back four years when Donald Trump was sworn in on January 20th, you realize that the tone was a lot different, which was over the course of the hours following the inauguration and even leading up to it. You saw all of these different cities that had riots in it. You saw burning cars and violence going and sweeping across. And their tone was, well, this is what you get with the Donald Trump. This is the reaction of putting Donald Trump in. If only that same message was extended into then than it is now, if that message was, hey, this isn't how we do it. However, that wasn't the message. It was used as a way not to bring people together, but to separate people, divide people and to show that this is what you get with the Donald Trump. Now, I pray that our country doesn't have to go through more of these giant um protests that turn violent, Antifa crossing the streets and injuring, hurting and killing people and damaging buildings and livelihoods, terrorizing uh, cities. I, I pray we don't have to go through that again. But what's the message going to be when we have one of those? Is the message going to be, uh, hey, we need to 
come together or what will it be from the Biden or will he say anything? And I think that's going to be one of the first true tests in given that it's not even 24 hours in. We still have to wait and see what those type of reactions will be. It would be a beautiful world if we didn't have to worry about those things happening. And I hope that they don't. But indications show what in Portland tonight, we're already running into some of that. So I wanted to play some of the moments from today. I'd be happy to take some of your calls. But in general, I wish President Biden the best of luck. And I think that tonight, some of the actions that he's taken already indicate exactly what we knew would happen legislatively. Uh, I don't think it's a bad idea for him to take a softer tone on things. But I think what's going to happen is that he's going to have to take a realistic tone in the way the world operates in some many here in St. Louis and the way that we react to it. I will note that when he talks about coming together, I think that's what most people already feel when they talk to their neighbors. And I think that when you go into your own neighborhood and you see the people that are pulling their trash bins in or grabbing their mail or mowing the lawn or walking down the sidewalk with their dog, whatever it may be, and you're courteous and kind to them. If you see someone down the hall or someone anywhere else that you may live in an apartment complex and they're struggling and you offer up a hand, that's fine. If you have a conversation with them, for some reason, it doesn't sound like it does on the national stage, does it? For some reason, the tone's a little bit different than if you were on social media when it sounds like everyone hates each other and yells and screams and says whatever they want anonymously. If anything, I think you need to realize that based on what your beliefs are, your political beliefs, your religious beliefs, whatever it is, we have this ability to step up and help ourselves when it's a community that is surrounding us. And I think that's important to know. I don't know if that could ever be reached on a national level. I don't think that a, a Biden administration or any administration for that matter would be able to turn around that nastiness that's online. And I think it's only a matter of time before it builds right back up. And when one of these things happen again, which I'm sure they will, it's the reaction to it that I think most people are going to wonder, what are you going to be doing differently? Is it going to be more excuses like you've seen in the past? Or are you going to react to it in a way that'll maybe stop it from happening again? I don't know. There's just a lot of questions left. But like I said before, I watched the speech. Not a bad speech, actually. It's not a bad speech at all. Uh, not surprising. I didn't think this would be something to get people riled up. I figured his speech would be somewhat soft in tone, which it was. And overall, not bad. So here we are today. We could take some of your calls, your comments, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I actually have some reactions. Uh, Chris Wallace getting a lot of heat online. We can talk about that. And Senator Blunt here from Missouri had some moments, too, during the inauguration. I think he was the Republican that was part of the committee to put all of the events together today. Ari Fleischer had an interesting thing to say about President Trump skipping the inauguration. We got a big show planned. In fact, later in the show, we're going to bring on Brad Young in, uh, let's see, the start of the nine o'clock hour, right after the news there. And I wanted to ask him the role of the courts moving forward. Plus, we saw that Kim Gardner's appeal was rejected again in courts. What does that mean? Later in the show, too, we're going to talk to the executive director of Power the Future. His name's Daniel Turner, and he wants to talk about canceling the Keystone Pipeline, what that means for energy independence. We know that Canada doesn't like it. And apparently President Biden already uh, saying and indicating that he's going to be talking to Canada about that. Uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, also not too happy about that. Todd Benzman's joining us, too. He's a senior national security fellow 
at the Center for Inaug- Immigration Studies, and he wants to talk about how the immigration policies changing could impact the country. Lots to get to on the show tonight, and I hope you stick around for as long as you can. It's Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. So immediately there were a few actions that were taken from President Joe Biden when he went to the Oval Office. They mentioned some of the different changes that he would be making there and some of the more cosmetic changes, some of the pictures and the statues and things he'd be putting up. But one of the big ones was him signing executive orders right off the bat. And there were already some questions when it comes to the executive orders. Uh, This is just a couple of minutes long. Let me play this for you so we can kind of set the stage of some of the top priorities that he's putting in. And then we'll start taking your calls at 314-436-7900. I think some of the things we're going to be doing are going to be bold and vital. And uh, there's no time to start like today. So uh, what I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm proud of today's executive actions. I'm going to start by keeping the promises I made to the American people. Long way to go. These are just executive actions. Uh, they are important, but we're going to need legislation for a lot of the things we're going to do. And the first order I'm going to be signing here is relates to uh, um, COVID. And uh, it's requiring, as I said all along, um, where, where I have authority, mandating masks be worn, social distancing be kept on federal property, on interstate commerce, et cetera. So this is the first one I'm signing. And the second one I'm signing here is the uh, support for uh, underserved communities. Uh, and we're going to already, we have, uh, we're going to make sure we have uh, some bedrock uh, equity, equality as it relates to how we treat people and healthcare and other things. That, and you can, we'll give you copies of these executive orders. And the third one I'm going to sign in, that's what I'm going to do while you're all here is uh, the commitment I made that we're going to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord uh, as of uh, as of today. The president uh, wrote a very generous letter. I have, it's because it was private, I will uh, not talk about it until I talk to him, but uh, it was generous. Okay, and then they try to ask questions, but uh, ushered quickly out after that. Well, I probably watched it like you did. I don't know if you took time away from work to watch it. Maybe you watched it on replay later, which is fine. 314-436-7900. And Robert's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, uh, Ryan. I was uh, thinking about what you were saying about unity and... Uh, I want to get your take on this. I'm curious, what do you think uh, Republicans should do with regard to Joe Biden in terms of actually helping him passing his legislative agenda? Where do you think the burden of unity falls on Republicans, considering the majority of the Republicans in the House did object to the Electoral College certification, which... Arguably, you could say led to the events that took place two weeks ago. And I ask you that about unity, because I whatever you want to say about congressional Democrats and Joe Biden, 
I don't think there was anything that they did that led to what happened two weeks ago. So thank you. You're for talking about congressional call. Democrats. Well, let me just ask this real quick before you go. So let's say hypothetically, if we were to play the same type of token in 2016, in all of the objections that came to Donald Trump during the Electoral College count, and then afterwards to say that the election was rigged because Russia interfered and worked in cahoots with Joe Biden, uh, with uh, Donald Trump. And for years they kept saying this. And we turned around and said, the reason why you kept saying that Russia stole this election is the reason why groups like Antifa and them were going to the streets, shooting cops, burning buildings. Actually, all the Democrats who ever said Russia was involved with electing Donald Trump should resign from the elect, uh, should have signed uh, from college. So would you agree with that? My question with the question, why no Senate Democrats co-signed on it? Hillary Clinton did the same thing that Al Gore did in 2000, as did John Kerry in 2004. Okay, then, okay, hold on, let's pause, let's pause. Then let's go back in 2001, I guess, when it was George Bush, and then again with the second term of George Bush. We did have uh, senators signing in on the second term. And you even had some high profile Democrats that were doing the exact same thing. So what I'm saying is that during that process, no, 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 let's pause it. No, no, no. I'm asking when this is used during Electoral College and they've already had their concerns that they want raised. It wasn't going to stop Joe Biden from becoming president of the United States. They're allowed to object to those things. But no, 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 no. Pause it. Pause it. Why is it that if they bring an objection up that you say they are responsible for incitement i don't there's not a connection there to me what i'm pointing out before is that all the other times it's happened there's been no connection and then all of a sudden this year they try to blame it on people that are calling in saying that they objected to something clinton and al gore and hillary clinton and john Kerry said i lost the day after Mm -hmm. they said they lost now you have 435 people in the house of representatives and you know what ryan there were people who were angry and butthurt, and I was one of them. I'm going to tell you. But I do not think that the Russians swayed 20,000 votes or 40,000 votes in Pennsylvania. That was hard for me to accept. But I realized, well, you know what? No, 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 no. The American Hold people- on. Do you actually believe the Democratic Party moved on after the 2016 election results? Do you believe that? I know I did. I think, no, they I didn't. Hillary Clinton... Well, Hillary Clinton still didn't. She no. Listen, okay. Pause it. We're done. All right, Robert. Listen, I'm going to try to answer your questions, but I can't when you're yelling like this. So we're going to just cut it there. So Hillary Clinton goes on a tour about how. Oh, why didn't I win? Oh, I can't believe it. She goes on this whole tour for years. She puts. She even writes a book about it. So don't give me that she gave up on it. Uh, But number two, what I'm saying is that Republicans didn't turn around and say the incitement to all the Antifa because they hate Donald Trump is the responsibility of the Democrats who went out there and said uh, Donald Trump stole this election because he worked with the Russians and blah, 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 blah. None of that happened. Then they turn around and do it here. No, no, no. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. And I think it is irresponsible. Now, you want to talk about unity. It is irresponsible to go out there and say that the Republicans that had an objection for some reason incited that and wanted to see this violence from happening. It's furthest from the truth. So I'm not even going to go down there. I'm saying that when you had to 
lie and forge documents and further along this whole lie with the Russians and Donald Trump for years, which later turns out we see all of this was false. For years, it was dragged out. We never said, okay, this is the Democrats fault for doing this because it's not true. It wasn't the Democrats fault for all of that violence. It was a whole different entity of things going down. So I'm not playing this. In fact, I think you got to start dropping this card that the Republicans are responsible for this sort of thing. Cut it out. That This needs to be done. Uh, let's go to Larry. Welcome to Overnight America. So um, Nancy Pelosi's now saying that she wants to charge as an accessory to murder Donald Trump. That's really playing the unity card. But that's not why I called. You know, for mm-hmm. eight years, we were condescended to by the president and telling us how you know, how terrible America is to live and how terrible we are with systemic racism, which there is no such thing as systemic racism. And then we have a president that comes along and he's, he loves America. He does everything he can in his power to do all these things for us. And I don't wish really, I don't wish much success to Joe Biden because the Paris Accords, a money trap, the World Health Organization is a money trap. Keystone's going to cost 10,000 union jobs. The border, we can't fund 11 million illegals. The climate czar is a liar, and that's another money trap. So if you say you wish this man success, you're actually going against your own values and your own freedom in this country. Thank you for the time. Okay, thanks, Larry. Yeah, when I look at the things that are brought up in these type of generic speeches. It was a good speech. No, it, I mean, uh, it, it, he actually got through it, had no problems. Uh, not a terrible message because it was very down the middle, right? It wasn't anything that was meant to try to be partisan in any way. He was talking in generalities. Um, when I look at the policies, it doesn't mean that I'm most likely going to agree with I'm trying to think of if I had to guess a percentage of the policies I agree with when it comes to the Biden administration. So far, he's he's batting zero because all the ones in the executive orders he signed and tried to turn over so far, I think, are bad moves. So, again, I don't agree with those things. Um, I am not going to be in the camp that tries to send ill wishes to the office. I'm not going to do that. Um, It doesn't mean that I'm going to agree with him or his policies just because I wish him well or anything. It doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't mean that I'm automatically going to be on his side for the sake of uh, whatever. It just means that when I look at the individual policies that he brings up and I disagree with those or whatever it is, you know, I just hope that there is going to be uh, a fair shot at discussing these things in the House. But in the, without having the House, without having the Senate, it looks like he's going to go the route of executive order except uh, instead of going through the route of Congress, which is, you know, par for the course from the Obama administration, which, of course, he was a part of as vice president, that's going to be very problematic. But still, I don't want to wish that office any ill will. And I don't think any of us should. Uh, it doesn't mean that we can't disagree with them. We'll take some more of your calls on that. In fact, I'll take a look at the weather. And we got a lot to get to on the show tonight, too. And some of the other executive orders signed were questioned during the first press conference today with the new press secretary. We'll get to those, too. This is Overnight America KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. So there is a new press secretary at the White House. I was going to air some of that. Her name is Jen Paskey. And again, she's more even keel. What I noticed was that the press were asking some questions that were good questions but they didn't seem upset when she didn't answer the questions. She was very good at non-answers that led to a long drawn out, let's call on someone else. And it just reminds me of during the Trump administration, during those press conferences, everyone would be yelling on top of each other at all times. It's amazing the different tone that they're taking instantly. And I think that may change here soon if they continue to get non-answers. But still, I think the way that they treat this administration in the last completely different. Uh, Let's take uh, another call, someone that's been holding on. And if you want to call or text, you can 314-436-7900. And John's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan. I really, I really enjoy your show, by the way, just so you know. Um, Your original question about the speech, I 
like like kind of like you said, I I thought it was pretty good. Okay, uh, he stumbled a little bit. You know, I'm I'm finishing a book right now by Doran Kearns Goodwin about the mm-hmm. FDR, No Ordinary uh-huh. Time, and I saw in the book she talks about his his physical decline and. I think that's going to happen. I don't really see him. I voted for him, but I don't see him finishing his term. But can I make a comment about what you asked last night about what you would say to President Trump on his way out? Uh, Yeah, sure. We did that long topic yesterday, which was fine. It was his last night. And I thought, well, if people want to have their last shot at saying something, uh, a goodbye, perhaps, that's uh, the opportunity. But we can do it if you want to. Is that that okay with you? Yeah, sure. So I voted for him in 16. I couldn't vote for him in the last election. Uh, and I'm an independent voter. I, I'm kind of like a throw the bums out guy. I give him one term and get on and do whatever else you do. But I, this is what I would have said to him if I would have had the opportunity. Uh, first of all, thank you for your contributions. I, I prospered during his term. Uh, but I would say a couple things. One, you better get better counsel than you've had during your first term because you're going to get hit with a bunch of lawsuits. <laughs> He's going to get hammered with lawsuits. And then two, I would suggest a good therapist because uh, I, I'm I am not one, but I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express last night. He is a a, a lying, a delusional, narcissistic, megalomaniac, and he needs major major help. That would that's what I would say to him. Yeah. So why didn't you call in last night? Uh, I was reading a book in bed and didn't. Okay. I don't have a phone in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's, uh, you know, the interesting thing of all of this is that I don't know if we'll ever get away talking about him. I was curious if more calls tonight would be focused on Donald Trump than Joe Biden. And it co- it kind of indicates that when we go back, it seems to be most talk is on the Republican Party. Everything's been taken away from Joe Biden at this point. It, you know, it's funny because I, I start the show talking specifically about his speech, some of my thoughts on it, and immediately we get calls and it just dives back into Donald Trump. It's amazing how we can't get away from that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, oh. That's why I was curious if you, uh, if, why didn't you call in last night as opposed to tonight? Uh, all right. Thanks, John. Have a great night. Uh, and that's it. I don't know how long it'll take before we uh, realize that Donald Trump is no longer in office. I think it's going to be a little while. I think if we're going to compare the two presidencies, that's never going to stop. I think the way that the two presidencies will be treated and the people around them will not be treated the same way. I think that's going to cause some problems. I just wonder if they're going to be on as hard on Joe Biden. But then again, if you watch some of this coverage today, they were all fawning over the Biden administration. I mean, they were starstruck. They were watching this and thinking to themselves, this, it doesn't get any better than this. And I was thinking, are they covering this like they would a news organization or are they covering this as an event that they were invited to So they want to be polite. And on top of that, they want to uh, the journalism's a secondary thing as opposed to them enjoying the event that they're witnessing. I didn't know there was one thing and actually two guests that were starting to draw a lot of attention. Bill Clinton appeared to fall asleep during the speech. (laughs) A lot of people were pointing out, hey, wait a minute. Is he uh, is he getting some Z's sleeping? And yeah, it might as well have BBC and other news organizations started to post these videos. <laughs> Here's Bill Clinton falling asleep. 
Okay, he's 74. And as much as we talk about the youth in politics today, there was not a lot of youth going around. I mean, Joe Biden, Bill Clinton, all of this. Bernie Sanders was the other one. Now, let me just point out about Bernie Sanders. This may be the only time and one of the only times I'll actually relate to a Bernie Sanders in my life. So people spotted him as part of the inauguration. And there he is sitting on a folding chair. And the reason why they spotted him is because he was wearing this very comfy looking jacket. It was almost like a jacket you would put on your kid when they're going to school. And he was wearing these what looks like knitted gloves, the type of gloves that my mom would have picked up from Kmart and sent me to school in. And there he is sitting there all nice and comfortable in Washington, D.C., and people are showing him in the mittens. He's wearing these mittens, social distancing, looking quite cozy. And I'm at that point in my life where I, too, want to be cozy. I think that working from home for as long as we've been doing it, I've got accustomed to dressing in a very comfortable outfit. And I don't see myself going back if I don't have to. I feel like I'm past the point in my life where I have to prove anything to anyone. I, I don't really worry about my looks all that much. I'd rather be comfortable than stylish is what I mean. It's not like I walk around unkempt all the time or un, uh, unkept. And it's not like, I, you know, every time I go out, it's like a cartoon where there's like the smell lines coming from me and everyone's like, Ugh. no, it's not like that. It's just if I were to find a comfortable pair of shoes, I would wear those over something that looks stylish or pants or shirt or jacket or whatever. And then I wear them to the ground. I mean, I wear out clothes until they cannot be worn anymore, until there's holes in them. And even then, my wife has to say, uh, throw that out. You're uh, a tightwad. I am a tightwad. And maybe that's something. How in the world can Bernie Sanders, who has all this wealth, millions and millions of dollars, also be a tightwad? I find, in, ironically, most people that are self-made, the ones that come from nothing and then all of a sudden have something, still are tightwads. It's very difficult to shake that sort of thing. It's a mentality when you grew up with nothing and then all of a sudden you have something, you turn around and you're like, well, why in the world would I spend $100 on a pair of jeans when I can go to Kmart and get it for $15, right? <laughs> why would I do that? Or why would I buy new shoes when these shoes don't have a hole in them? <laughs> Why would I do that? It's that type of mentality. My grandma instilled that in me. She was someone that would take the old Ziploc bags and wash them out and put them on the rack to dry. <laughs> and here I am reusing Ziploc bags in my own home. Well, I, not for, okay, if, if food touches them versus food does not touch them. So if I'm just trying to keep an open bag preserved, I'll put an open bag inside of it, like a cookie bag or something, and then I'll zip it up. And then when I'm done, you know, I'll, I'll put it aside and I'll save it for something else in case I need it. But if like actual food touches it, then I don't reuse it. Do you know what I mean? But I, I reuse Ziploc bags. I reuse everything. I rip napkins in half. I'm cheap like that. So all of a sudden I look at Bernie Sanders and I think to myself, you know, that's the route I'm at right now. I can relate to that. I can totally relate to that. And some people were showing him he was holding this manila envelope and it made it look like he was standing in line. And he's like, well, I got to go to the post office after this, so eh, we'll see you later. But it was a good look for him. In fact, I want to be able to pull that off. I just need to start wearing mittens. When it's a cold day like that, who are you trying to impress, honestly? Are you going to go out there and impress anyone at that age? I don't think so. You know, I'm 37. I don't plan on impressing anyone. 
I'm just going to go straight mittens. I don't mind doing the Bernie Sanders look. So I, I think if anything, Bernie Sanders stole the show for me tonight. He at least gave me a little bit of uh, confidence that moving forward in a post-pandemic world that we're allowed to be more comfortable with the things that we're doing outside of our home. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Cozy Trump's style, period. All right. I hope that was worth it. We'll take some more of your calls or comments. <laughs> and don't forget Brad Young's joining us after the news about uh, 20 minutes from now. We're going to talk about the role of the courts moving forward. Maybe the most important senator in the Senate right now, plus the Kim Gardner ruling today. Another appeal was rejected. So we'll talk about that, too. It's Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Here we are in Overnight America. Yeah, we got a really a lot to get to tonight. Some of the major policy changes we're going to discuss, for example, the Keystone Pipeline and the shift in energy, being energy independent. And Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, is going to join us to discuss that in the next hour, a little after 930. And we're also going to talk about immigration and some of the policy changes there with Benzman, the senior national security fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies. So two big uh, policy changes from President uh, Biden. And it's going to be tough because I feel like I'm going to stumble a little bit. I'm going to say President Trump on accident at some point force a habit. Now, I want to say when I came here to KMOX, it was four years, almost four years ago. So I came here after Donald Trump was sworn in. Uh, I spent my entire career here at KMOX so far with a Trump uh, presidency. So now moving over to Joe Biden, it's going to be a force of habit. Now, radio people do this thing where they say the wrong call letters and stations because they move around so frequently. I want to say I've been lucky enough not to do that. I think I've done it once on purpose when talking about my former radio days, but it's something that most radio people have a problem with. So maybe we'll have to come up with a buzzer or a sound effect if I mess this up. Some of the text messages coming in. Um, let's see. Well, not too many complimentary things on Joe Biden. Uh, here's one. Oh, Mr. Sweatpants. <laughs> I don't wear sweatpants outside of the house. No, comfortable for me is jeans. But when I go to KMOX and work inside of the studio, we have a dress code we have to adhere to. So I actually have to do that. Now, it's a little bit different with the other radio stations, but KMOX, we have to you know, keep up appearances and such. So I feel like I'll have to slide right back into it. But I will say that it's been nice not having to do laundry as much. You know, when I have to go out and have, you know, five outfits I have to wear work outfits or whatever, you know, it really cuts down on the amount of time I'm doing laundry, but I don't have to wash those every week. I saw this, and this is kind of an interesting thing that some people wondered about since the, Donald Trump left early and I was watching it this morning, it would have been a little after seven o'clock. I think he left the white house our time. So eight o'clock Eastern, he really didn't give much remarks. He said a few things to the people outside and then walked to the helicopter, helicopter uh, flew off. Then, then I, I think he went to the Joint Andrews base, gave a quick speech there. They had a stage set up, said a few things, and then went on Air Force One, flew off, I believe, to Florida, where his destination today was uh, Mar-a-Lago, where he was going to be spending the rest of the day. And part of that is he's still the president of the United States until noon Eastern time. And even though Joe Biden was sworn in about a half hour, 20 minutes or so before that time, 
even though he took the oath of office, he wasn't technically the president of the United States until noon. And one of the questions was, number one, no one saw Barron, his son. Where was he? But apparently he was on with the family. So he did travel to Florida. He was just not part of the media circus that surrounded that. They kept him separate because of his age, of course. Uh, Could have been a part of the reason, sure. And the other question was, what about the nuclear football? The little metal case that they keep inside of a bag. And the idea is if there's a threat of war and you have to send nukes somewhere and the president makes that decision, being the commander in chief, he needs to be able to securely indicate that he's taking that route. And they carry around this device. And I don't know exactly what it looks like. I've only seen it from the outside. But, you know, in the movies where it shows like two people have to put a key in and turn it at the same time and press a button or whatever it is. It's something similar to that. So there's always someone that carries this around. It's kind of like keeper of the cup, like the Stanley Cup always travels with someone that keeps an eye out with the Stanley Cup. This is the same thing, except much more serious, <laughs> much more serious. But So if the president is in Florida and the inauguration for the new president is happening in Washington, D.C., how does it work? So one has to stay there. And apparently there's multiple versions of this. And this is how they had to work around it. So the Washington Post did a write-up on it. They were keeping an eye on it. And someone traveled with President Trump and was, uh, I guess the idea is standing there up until noon Eastern time. And as soon as noon hit, they turn around and go. And that's it. See you later, alligator. No longer does that person have the ability or the codes or anything else that comes with it. So it's inside of an aluminum briefcase, um, unassuming large black bag. They keep it inside of there. Uh, and then it was seen later when someone popped up afternoon standing by the president where the new one was ready and enabled and ready to go. Apparently, there's at least three or four identical footballs. One follows the president. One follows the vice president. One traditionally is set aside for the designated survivor. And the idea of the designated survivor is like during the State of the Union. There's always someone that is not there for the speech since all the House and Senate and the cabinet members and all of these things are there. The Supreme Court, you know, think of everyone's at a State of the Union. They always put someone inside in case there's a a catastrophic event and there needs to be someone in the line of succession that would be able to assume the role of the presidency. Well, there's always one just in case for that. And then there's one set aside also um, for inauguration and events like that. So that's basically what happened. So since Donald Trump was president, Up until noon, there was someone there with one of them. And then it was done. The aide walked away and that was it. An aide with the football that was on Air Force One to Florida removed himself from Trump's presence at noon. And then like magic, almost like a Houdini trick. Here comes someone from behind the curtain carrying the football ready to go. But I guess former Vice President Pence was also at the ceremony. So I guess if all things considered, there would have been one there anyway. And then Kamala Harris would assume the role of that aide who holds on to it just in case. It's kind of interesting. I see a picture of this thing. It looks like something you'd pick up at Goodwill if you're really lucky. And it also has this, I'm assuming, metal type of leash on it that would be able to make it easier for the person to hold on to it. There's this card that the president would carry around. They call it the gold codes or the biscuit. And part of it is used to transmit the command if needed to, you know, use nukes or whatever it may be. I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope we don't start 
any new wars. I mean, in the past four years, we were lucky enough not to start any new wars. And that was a big plus to the Trump presidency. Some people wondered if we were just going to be a continuation of that nonstop drone strikes or whatever. But hey, to the credit of the president, we thought it's better to build up the military instead of spend all that money using it in places where it's not going to be effective. In fact, for the longest time, the idea would have been to get other countries to pay us for our services. What a novel idea if we're going to offer security to countries that are doing pretty well for themselves. Let, let it be on their dime. We can still continue to do that sort of thing, but we should be more contracted because it's in our best interest. But for our time, we should get a little something to make it worthwhile. I think that we even stopped some practicing in South Korea, things like that, to try to balance things over with North Korea. I just wonder how things like that are going to change. So some people had some concerns how this would have worked out. And it, you know what? It worked just fine. Enough safeguards were in place, just a little bit different in a time like this. But, hey, everything's been different in a time like this. Why would that be any different now? So coming up in the next hour, we got a big one planned for you. Brad Young from Hairstyle Fisher & Young. He fills in on the show. You can catch him doing Total Information AM during overtime. He's great. And I thought to myself, well, now that the House has a still a hold on the Dem uh, Democratic hold and that the Senate now has the tiebreaker for the Democrats and there is a Democratic president with Joe Biden in office, how easy is it going to be for them to overturn everything that they want that Donald Trump put into place the past four years? We saw some executive orders today, some of which may be challenged. And it made me wonder, well, at least Donald Trump put in a lot of judges on the federal side. Could that be the last move or the line of defense when the Republicans are helpless? So we'll talk to him about that. And he believes he knows the most important senator, which we'll talk about, too, coming up on Overnight America KMOX. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 